You're listening to the Calvary Church Audio Experience, designed to empower and encourage you throughout your week. What's up, Calvary fam? I want to welcome you to the fourth week of our eight-week series that we have called Enemies of the Heart. I want to welcome everybody in person again, everybody online. Grab your Bibles quickly. Come on, turn with me to, let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And while you're turning there, let me just say quickly that technology is wonderful, so thankful for it. We want to use it to reach as many people as we can. But I want you to know that you can listen to a sermon online, but you will never replicate virtually the holy energy of God's presence when he moves among his assembled people. And you will never receive in your living room alone what God desires to extend to his body in the public gathering of saints. I want to make it real clear as your pastor, gathering is essential. Gathering is life-giving, whether that's a weekend location or a weekday location in a gospel circle. How many of you know we need each other? If you believe it, somebody say yes. All right, quickly, 1 Thessalonians 5.18. I just had to get that off my chest. Here we go. And in the midst of everything, be always giving thanks, for this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus. In the midst of everything, be always giving thanks, for this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus. Paul's saying to the church in Thessalonica, and he's saying to us, today that we have good reason church to always give thanks watch we can give thanks in the good the bad and the ugly and if you believe it clap your hands and give God thanks right now come on hallelujah take one of your hands wherever you are unless you're driving and put it on your heart and I want you to say it out loud lower floor upper tier so I can hear you say eyes to see ears to hear, a heart to receive, a mouth to confess. Now put some stank on this right here. Say all the good things Christ has already provided for Lottie Dottie and everybody. Y'all ready for God's word? Say yes. Okay, so I I recently uh, read an interesting report that that said, are you ready for this? It was a record year. I think it was 18 or 19, but it was a record year for sewage overflow in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. Something like 120 million gallons of sewage flowed into North Texas streets, lakes, and rivers. And you may be wondering why on this beautiful November, Sunday morning, why is it that I give you this information? Because like it or not, you've got ears to hear, may you hear the Spirit of God. Like it or not, sewage happens. <laughs> sewage happens. Maybe you feel like, I don't know, you're in a sewer situation right now. Maybe you're stuck in an unwanted Job. Maybe you're surrounded by intolerable people, and if you're sitting next to them, don't look at them. Just keep looking at me. Come on. Maybe you're just braving toxic attitudes, or you're 
avoiding discarded relationships or you're trying to solve unsolicited problems or you're attempting just to make it through 2020 and you just want to make it through alive. I heard someone say the other day that I'm going to stay up New Year's Eve this year not to see the new year in, but to make sure this one leaves. Are y'all getting this? Speaking of 2020, y'all, I think the dumbest thing I ever purchased was a 2020 planner. You know what I'm talking about? This year with COVID curves and quarantine 15, the buttons on my pants have started social distancing. Are y'all getting this? But enough of that. Stay with me. The joke's getting better. Come on. Seriously, I think it's tempting to become a pessimist when you're surrounded by repugnant environments and repulsive people. If your heart is not in tune, dealing with the heart, if it's not in tune with God's heart, you're going to look for the worst in your situation. You're going to overlook all the good things in your life and you're going to gripe about never having enough. And when negativity consumes your heart, breaks in and steals your joy, your perspective gradually deteriorates, plunging you into what I call the sewer of pessimism. Pessimism is another one of those major enemies of the heart. And today, I'd like to introduce you quickly. I thought I'd introduce you today to the princess of pessimism. Her name is I'm a whiner. Come on, somebody. She gri- <laughs> It sounded better when I was studying this thing out. Come on. She gripes. Stop it, Mark. She gripes. She complains. She nitpicks. She looks for negativity in every situation. She got a bunch of negative friends. She spouts on social media. And when she walks into a room, she sucks all the energy out of the room. Does anybody know when I'm a whiner? Even the 23rd Psalm isn't protected from her scrutiny. How sad is this? So here's what I want to do. I want to go old school. And I'd like to read a pessimist commentary on Psalm 23 by... I'm a whiner. Pastor Cream, let's go old school. Remember, the, remember, remember, remember old school readers in church? Yes, I just want to go old school real quick. Y'all, don't, y- y'all, y'all old school folk may remember this. Some of y'all don't remember this. Let's just walk through Psalm 23. Here's a, a, a pessimist commentary on Psalm 23. Here we go. Read. The Lord is my shepherd. Stop. Read it like a reader. Read. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Shall not want. Give me a massive break. I want lots of things. I want a nicer house. I want a better job. I want a prettier spouse. I want a faster car. I want a pay raise. I want people to do what I say when I say. I want to win the lottery too. I want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leaves me beside still water. I've got a major problem with the words makes me. He makes me. That sounds a bit legalistic to me. First you say, I can't want things. And now you say that you want me to do things. Are you serious? (laughs) He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I don't want to be guided in paths of no righteousness. I want the more scenic route. How about Maui? How about Vegas? Come on. You're leading me in paths of righteousness. I'm tired of it. In my luck, you're probably going to want to lead me in dark valleys too. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Right. I fear no evil for you are with me. I knew it. What am I doing walking through the valley of the shadow of death? I thought I was supposed to be lying in green pastures. Did you take the wrong turn or what? And you call yourself a good shepherd. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I don't want a rod and staff. I want a rod and reel or a day at the spa. Come on, somebody. 
You prepare the table before me in the presence of my enemies. Great. Out of all the restaurants in the world, you choose the ones that my enemies like to eat at. And I'm sure I'll relish every bite of that meal. As a matter of fact, I think I've lost my appetite. I'm going home and I'm going to do Uber Eats. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. I don't want oily hair. No oily head. I want head and shoulders. Come on. And for goodness sakes, can't you stop pouring before my cup overflows? What kind of waiter are you anyway? Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I don't want to be confined to the house forever. That sounds like quarantine or shelter in place. I'd like to step out every once in a while. I don't understand why so many people love Psalm 23 by I'm a whiner. And would you give it up for my reader, please? Church, do me a favor, if you would, close your eyes. Think for just a moment, honestly, how are things with your heart? Because there's no doubt about it, life has been really hard on the heart. My question today is this, has pessimism taken over your heart? Now look at me, church, although we may not choose our circumstances, we do choose how we view them. And if you're going to improve your outlook, and church, I feel this by the Spirit of God, we've got to improve our outlook. We've got to learn how to use that Zoom button on our heart. And here's what I mean. Watch. Every situation, I want that cameraman, every situation has both good and bad, but we have to decide what we are going to Zoom in on. I want to illustrate this idea, and here's what I want you to see. Our heart works like a camera. And here you are, you've got the uh, cameraman inside your heart, and that's you. You really have a will. You get to choose where you're going to zoom. Is that right? Yep. Okay. And so you get to choose where you're going to zoom, and he can zoom in on an object to help you examine it real close. He can zoom out on a bigger perspective. But here's the reality. As you walk through life, the cameraman inside your heart is constantly zooming in, either on the positive or the negative, on spiritual or carnal, on eternal or temporary, on things that bring life or things that bring death. So we can choose. Look at all this good stuff. Look at all this good stuff in our life. Wow. But we have to choose. What are we going to zoom on today? Let's take a look. What are we going to zoom in on today? Let's take a look. Out of everything in our life. Out of every, are y'all getting this? Out of everything? Y'all don't want this today. What, what are we going to... Now zoom out. Let's look at all the goodness. Just zoom, are y'all getting this? What are we going to zoom... You have a choice, church. What are you going to zoom in on? Because the fact of the matter is a whole lot of you zooming in on a whole lot of... Ah. 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 We're going to edit that one out right there real quick. I recently read a story about a king who called two servants before his throne. He said, I want you to travel throughout my kingdom. I want you to bring back a sample of every weed that you can find. He told another one, I want you to travel throughout my kingdom. I want you to bring back a sample of every flower that you can find. A year later, they come back. He says to the first one, have you carried out my command? Servant says this, yes, I have. And I'm amazed at how many weeds you have in your kingdom. He says, as a matter of fact, your kingdom is full of weeds. And then the other one said this. Did you carry out my command? He said, oh yeah, I did. And I'm amazed at how many beautiful flowers are in this kingdom. He says, it's like all you have here is just flowers in this kingdom. I think there is a reason why Jesus said, seek and you will find. Whatever we seek, watch, is what we find. 
So if you zoom in on weeds, watch, you never see the flowers. But if you zoom in on the flowers, watch this, you're not going to see the weeds. And I've talked about this story so much during this series, right? Moses sent 12 spies in the land of Canaan to bring back a report. Ten zoomed in on weeds. Two zoomed in on what? Flowers. Although all 12 stepped into that land, same property, they focused on different things. Watch. And because of what they focused on, that was what they reported. Watch. What you're saying comes from what you're focused on. Ten looked at a land flowing with milk and honey and all they saw was calories and cholesterol but Joshua and Caleb inspected the same real estate and saw a future homeland that was full of abundance and provision and church I hope you hear me because God is asking us to report on the promised land that he has given to us and remember our promised land is not a piece of real estate our promised land is Jesus he is the land flowing with abundance and provision can I get somebody to clap your hands and give him praise right now say it out loud say I've got a land and it's flowing with goodness this means in every situation what are you gonna zoom in on church you're gonna zoom in on weeds you're gonna zoom in on flowers and and like those 10 spies here's what I'm realizing don't you miss this about 10 out of 12 of us will choose to make our life miserable by always zooming in on what is wrong Again, the pessimism, the pessimist, has it invaded your heart? We got to avoid a negative attitude at all costs, church. Why? Because pessimism breeds other self-destructive attitudes. And you've got to understand, when pessimism enters your heart, it brings some shady friends with it. When pessimism shows up, there's going to be fear. There's going to be complaining. There's going to be discouragement. There's going to be depression. There's going to be doubt. There's going to be cynicism. There's going to be criticism. Are you all getting this? You might be a pessimist. Fact is, don't look at the person next to you. You may be sitting next to a pessimist, but you might be a pessimist if, just consider these things quickly. You might be a pessimist if you expect the worst to happen. Watch, the way you choose to see the world creates the world you will see. You don't see the world as it is, you see the world as you are. Pessimists expect the worst to happen. They always expect the worst to happen. And, I, and I, I'm absolutely amazed at the number of church folk that, 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 that are the most negative people I've ever met. They call themselves believers, but I'm not sure they really do believe any good thing that's been provided in Christ Jesus. But negative attitudes produce negative circumstances. And I want you to understand that a pessimistic heart will create a depressing world to live in. Thank you. You might be a pessimist if you have a narrow perspective. A pessimistic heart will always restrict your perspective. Watch this giving you tunnel vision. This is where many of you live right now. You do not have a big picture. You have tunnel vision. You only see what's going on right in front of you. What do you see? What do you hear? What do you feel? Right in front of you, that's it. You don't have a big picture causing you to miss the big picture on life. Fact of the matter is, let me show you what I'm talking about. Watch.
What do you see? What do you see? Huh? Dot? Yeah? Dot? Speck? Heard speck? Heard little dot? Heard speck? Right? What do you see? Call it what you want. But a whole lot of you didn't see the large board. My point is this. Do you want to know when you become depressed? You become depressed if you get so absorbed with little minute things that are running in your life. Little, little minute things that are running in your life. Little minute things that are running in your life. A closed-in viewpoint narrows your perspective, and all of a sudden, it leaves God outside the scope of your vision. And if you're going to get a proper perspective, the cameraman in your heart has got to zoom out. Watch, because when he zooms out, all of a sudden, you see God's goodness. You see God's grace. You see God's favor. If y'all are getting this, clap your hands and give God praise. If you're getting it, say yes. You might be a pessimist if you focus on failing instead of succeeding, losing instead of, 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 of winning, demand instead of supply, law instead of grace, being overcome instead of overcoming. So here's what I want you to understand. There's two different types of people in this room watching online. Optimists light candles. Watch. Pessimists blow them out. Optimists lift up. Pessimists pull down. Optimists, they contribute, but pessimists consume. Optimists, they encourage. Pessimists, they discourage. Optimists speak life. Pessimists speak death. Optimists focus on success. Pessimists focus on what? Failure. And the good news is there's a way out of this vicious cycle of failure, and it's called right believing. And, and, and I'll tell you right now, church, while many people affirm the power of right believing, very few realize the destructive power of wrong believing. You focus on the wrong things, such as failure, and it's going to bring serious downfall to many areas in your life. May you zoom out today in Jesus' name and see the goodness of God all around you. Finally, let me say this. You might be a pessimist. Oh, God. I'm going to deal with it. Is that all right? Say yes. You might be a pessimist if you frequently complain. The only happy pessimist, the only happy pessimist is an unhappy pessimist. And people who gripe about everything, their heart is full of pessimism. I thought about that new arrival to heaven, was surprised to see a suggestion box. And he asked an angel in heaven, if everybody's happy in heaven, why is there a suggestion box here in heaven? And the angel said, because some people aren't happy unless they're complaining. Okay, you don't like that one? I'll give you another one. Everybody say it out loud. Say, shut your mouth. Boy, some of y'all said that real good, real good. Say it again. Say, shut your mouth. I heard a story about a man who loved to complain. He complained about everything. He even complained to his doctor about his wife. His wife just complained, complained about, it, about, about her anger problem. And, 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 and he said that she'd just flip out on him and, 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 and her, had a terrible temper. And the doctor said, okay, here's what I want you to do. Anytime you feel like your wife's about to flip out and lose her temper, I want you to go to the kitchen. I want you to pour a glass of water. And then I want you to swig. Keep, keep, keep swirling it around in your mouth until she calms down. So the man kind of puzzled, said, okay, I'll give it a try. And two weeks later, he comes back. He says, the doctor, that, that thing you said was amazing. That suggestion was incredible. Anytime my wife became angry, lost it, I just go to the kitchen. I swallow water, start swirling around my mouth. And she just calmed down. How in the world does a glass of water do that? And the doctor said, the water itself it doesn't do anything. I think you'll find that it's keeping your mouth shut that does the trick. Keep your mouth shut. Why are you women getting happy? 
He who has ears to hear, may you hear what the Spirit of God is saying right now. A pessimistic person, this perspective on life always produces what? Grumbling. I cannot find, I tried this week, I cannot find a single verse in the Bible saying that the Lord will bless whining, a mouth that is whiny. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know how we're going to make it. I don't know how we're going to come to you. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know why. Why is it happening to me? What are we going to do? Shut up! You know what complaining is? Complaining is actually a prayer wherein you actually block the flow of God's blessing. God's not holding out on you. You're stopping up the flow of favor. And the reality is, when it comes to prayer, you might as well keep your mouth. Well, Jesus told his disciples what? Blessed are you, Matthew 13. He said, blessed are your eyes because they see. He's saying this. If you want to see properly, you got to understand with your heart. You're going to see me work in unusual ways. And, and how many of you, this is not a trick question, but come on, talk to me, somebody. How many of you want your eyes blessed? Let me see. Come on, hold it up high. Wave at me. Wave at me. Come on. That's everybody. Everybody. Well, look at this. You're going to have to learn how to look for the best in every situation, even if it's a sewer situation. We've got to learn to look for the diamond in the middle of it all. And I want you to consider three things. If you've got your app, I want you to take these notes down quick because I've got a word for you today. And then we're going to respond in faith today as we walk out of this place with a new perspective. Number one, watch this, write it down. you got to take control of your thoughts. Church, we've got to take control of our thoughts. I'm watching people lose their minds. You can't defeat pessimism without first seizing control of what? Your thought life. That's where the battle is. Listen, here's the reality. Every day, watch. Your thoughts are pushing you around or you are pushing them around. And I thought about Paul, uh, the, the ultimate optimist. I mean, he's called the apostle of grace, and he knew how to push his thoughts around. Look at what he said in Philippians 4, 8. He said, so keep your thoughts continually fixed, whew, stable, settled on all that is authentic and real. Boy, I tell you what right now, this hadn't been happening for a lot of people. Your thoughts are not fixed on what's authentic and real and honorable and admirable and beautiful and respectful and pure and holy and merciful and kind. And then it says, fasten your thoughts to every glorious work of God, praising him always. Look at when a sponge is full of water, it can't absorb anymore. Why? Because it is saturated. And when your mind, church, it's saturated with godly thoughts, you won't absorb pessimistic ideas as long as you keep thinking about what's good and what's right and what's lovely. The Bible says you're going to have perfect peace. Do you know what that is? It's shalom, shalom. It's double peace. Everybody lift up your hands in the name of Jesus. I declare over every one of you in Jesus' name, may you experience perfect peace as your mind and your imagination is stayed on him and I'll tell you right now I've been realizing in recent days I'm telling you how easy it is for the enemy of pessimism to break into my heart and it breaks in and it tries to steal my joy and some of you watch this you've allowed that enemy to break in and steal your joy now I don't mean to sell out my beautiful sweetheart my very best friend but I'm going to give you an example. I'm sorry, honey, I may sleep on the couch tonight, but that's all right. I'm going to do it for the sake of the people today. Y'all, I'm doing it for you. Pray for me, everybody.
Are you ready? Say yes. Look at Kim. They all want to hear. They want to hear. I mean, they didn't even protect you. Okay, so Kim loves to decorate. Some of you know that if you follow her on social media. And one of her favorite items that she has a difficult time passing up, I'm sorry, is a throw pillow. I don't understand. We got pillows on couches. We got pillows on chairs. We got pillows upstairs. We got pillows downstairs. We got pillows in corners. We got pillows in room. Every time I go to bed, I got to move 553 pillows to try to find where I got to sleep. Are y'all getting this? The other day I came home, y'all, I'm sorry, to find, of all things, a new set of stupid pillows. And I, and I immediately voiced my frustration to Kim. I'm sorry, I lost it, y'all. I lost it. I went after I said, Kim, why does a simple target run always turn into a carload of stupid pillows? Stay away from that section. I said, you are a pillow addict. I'm putting together an intervention. We will have an intervention. You will come home. We will read our letters to you. I still love you. I said, you better call Calvary Cares, get a counselor. You are an addict. You need help. I went on for an hour, y'all. I'm sorry. That's your pastor. I'm sorry. And later, God showed me what I had done. Watch. I sold my joy for $19. And I never realized, watch, how cheaply I'd surrender something so valuable. Just like Esau sold his birthright for a bowl of soup. Do you know what I did? I exchanged my joy and my peace for not, listen, you can't put a price on peace. And I don't care what the price is. I don't care if it's a million dollars. I'm not going to sell my peace. And focusing on little grievances every day is what steals your joy. And I don't know about you, but my joy is a lot more precious than $19. And you're allowing the enemy to break into your heart and rip you off. Let me ask you a question, church. What is stealing your joy right now? At what price you're letting a man steal it? You're letting a network steal it. You're letting social media steal it. You're letting jacked up people steal it. You're letting cheap things steal free gifts from God in your life. Listen to me, church. I'm sorry, but I can't do anything about your life. Only you can deal with your heart. I can teach you, I can equip you, I can prophesy over you, I can declare the truth over you, but at the end of the day, you gotta choose what you're gonna let in your heart. And focusing on the negative side of any situation is causing you to forfeit your joy. If you're ready for a word, lift up your hands and let me declare it over you now. Are you ready? It's two words. Stop it. If you believe it, clap your hands and give God praise. That's your word. Stop it. Write it down quickly. You got to zoom in on your blessing. And being optimistic doesn't mean you ignore reality because I get it. You purposely zoom out on the good things in the situation. I, and I'm not denying reality when I say this, but I get it. Some of you, I'm telling you, every day you're allowing reality, what you see, hear, and feel, scream in your face. 
The other day I had a picture. The Lord helped me understand this. I was in prayer and meditation. And I want, I want to paint the picture for you. I saw myself standing in a garden. Through the eyes of my heart, I saw myself standing in a beautiful garden. All kind of colorful flowers all around me. I mean, growing up all around. And as I stood there, I looked up and I saw an old broadcast speaker tower. I had all this beauty around me and I had these speakers above me. And I lifted up and I, and I stretched like this because I wanted to hear what they were saying. And they were just saying all these different things simultaneously speaking over each other. And it was just chaotic and it was loud. And I just looked at those speakers and I was trying to listen. I wanted to understand, what are you saying? What are you saying? What are you saying? And I mean, I just heard all this noise, just noise, just noise. I wanted so badly to understand. And I was so distracted with the noise of the speaker. Watch that I missed the beautiful flowers all around me. I missed the garden. I missed the bright colors, the lovely smells. I missed life. I was focused on dead things and I missed life and I missed goodness and I missed rest and I missed quietness and I missed truth and peace and contentment. It was all so close to me. It was literally standing up around me. It was touching me. It was growing all around me and I missed it. And the flowers represent the good things in my life, like my relationship with Jesus and my relationship with my wife and my children, my friends and my church, all the good things that really matter in my life. All the other stuff don't matter. Like my health, it matters and my peace of mind, it matters. But the speakers represented all the empty stuff, all the noise and all the politics and all the confusion and all the con uh, c contention and, 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 and competition and striving and nasty and unrest and followers and likes and comments and I was so distracted by what didn't matter that I missed what truly mattered and in the middle of the chaos there was beauty all around me and I was just so distracted to see it. I was reminded of the fact that I always have the opportunity to find beauty in every situation and watch the moment you stop seeing beauty in the situation, you're going to lose it. And I can purposely zoom in on what's good and there's good things all around me. Didn't Paul say that in all things, he's working goodness. There's good all around you. Lift up your hands in the name of Jesus. I declare over you now, I get it this year. The devil may have thrown manure at you, but God says, I'm gonna take that manure and I'm fertilizing your garden. Just look around in Jesus' name. I prophesy over you, church, because you've been born again, all things in your life are gonna work together for your good this is your inheritance as a beloved child of God you better open up your eyes you better look around you better start zooming in on your blessings no matter how horrible your circumstances may appear no matter how noisy the distractions are right now there is beauty in your garden and it's calling out for you to enjoy it and if you believe it clap your hands and give God praise right now is that all you got? Clap your hands and give him praise. You better start looking at your garden. Your intimate place, you need joy, get it in your garden. If you need peace, get it in your garden. If you need life, get it in your garden. If you need healing, get it in your garden. Is there anybody here that knows? Whatever you need, you're going to find it in your garden. Whatever you need, you're going to find it in your garden. Do you need wisdom? You're going to find it in your garden. I don't know what you need. You need provision? You're going to find it in your garden. If y'all know what I'm talking about, clap your hands and give Jesus praise right now. Oh! Clap your hands and give him praise right now.
Holler it out, say it's in my garden. Ooh. I want my family to come up here because I'm going to close like this. I want you, church, to begin to acknowledge Jesus' presence by giving thanks in all things. I'm telling you right now, the quickest way to kill pessimism is with a weapon of thankfulness. What did Paul say in our theme text? He said this. And in the midst of every situation, even sewer situations, be always giving thanks for this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus. Thanking the Lord when things aren't going well is actually a statement of faith. Declaring that we believe that God is still good, that he's still in control, that he's still guiding. Did you know that every time we thank the Lord, we are acknowledging his presence? And I think many of you, you may know that in theory, but I'm telling you right now, you do not practice his presence. You do not live a life of thanksgiving. And you can give thanks in everything, even sewer situations. There's no limit to what you can thank him for. I'm telling you, even if you've had a rough day or you're facing what looks like an impossible situation, you can practice his presence. And let me tell you something. Some of you, I hear you say, well, I need to spend more time with God. I need to spend more. How do you go spend more time with God when you are in him and he's in you? Paul says you're one with him. It's not about spending more time. Watch. It's about being aware of his presence. That's called attention. Acknowledge. Look at my family. It's wonderful if I'm in the same room with them. Maybe I'm there physically. But it really doesn't do anything for them if I'm busy with my nose in my smartphone. I'm physically present. Watch but I'm not there. I'm not aware. If you really want to know what appreciation is, it's being aware. Attention. Maybe that's why God loves our worship. Why? Because in that moment we're giving what? When it comes to giving, He loves it. Why? Because in that moment, Attention, watch, maybe that's why we call it paying attention. And I'm sorry, but some of us, we've treated God like that man who will show up to a party with his wife, watch, and never once acknowledge her, watch, the whole time he's busy with his friends talking about politics and sports and games and stupid stuff and wasted stuff and all this nonsense, watch, while his wife is right there, doesn't even need to be there, she's right there, doesn't even need to be there, she's right there, watch this. And some of you, and I'm not trying to burn nobody, I'm just being honest with you, the reality is, is that some of us, I'm telling you, what I'm simply trying to illustrate is that just because someone is with you physically, it doesn't mean that person feels appreciated by you. I told you weeks ago that this is the moment that today, even as a family, because I'm never going to ask you, step up here, family. I'm so thankful for my family. 
stood with me. I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, you don't have any problems. No, I got problems. Nine and nine, but my family ain't one. Come on. <laughs> we, I, I didn't say we, we, we don't deal with things. Watch. It's what are we going to choose to focus on. And I'm never going to ask you, church, here in person, or those of you online, I'm never going to ask you as a family, we're not going to ask you to do something that we as a family don't do first. Never. And today I told you is the day that after a year like we've had, feels like a lot of manure, sewage. Today's the day that we joyfully recognize that Jesus, close your eyes and lift up your head. Take three deep breaths right now and we recognize in this moment that Jesus has been present this year in the bad and the ugly, in the name calling and the nasty, in the dirty, in the division. He's been there with outstretched arms and it's time for us to zoom out to see the bigger perspective. And today let's choose to focus on the health. How about the health that Jesus gave you despite all the reports and the ticking numbers on your television screen? Here you are healthy and in your right mind. Let's recognize the protection that surrounded us this year even when there was chaos. Today we give our attention to the wonderful relationships that checked in on us and loved us. Today I don't focus on those who walked away. I focus on those who walked toward me. And I'm blessed. This year I've never been more blessed. Let's be thankful for the priorities that were set straight this year. There's never been more peace and more joy, and more comfort and more life and more smiles. Let's choose to be grateful for God's consistent provision this year, even when it felt like the world hit pause. And those of you that stood in faith and God continued to provide for you because you stayed focused on supply instead of the demand. This year more than ever, it threw a lot of sewage at you. Yet God took that sewage and fertilized your garden. And I prophesy over you, Calvary. You better get ready because of a grateful heart. We're going to walk into the greatest harvest we've ever experienced. Thanksgiving, thanks with giving, Psalm 5023. He who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me today. We're going to express our thankfulness sacrificially. I told you, church, wherever you are, that we're doing this. True gratefulness always finds a way to express appreciation to God in a tangible way. Are you ready, church? you've come prepared I pray you have I've asked the church to pray I've asked the church to to think to pray to bring their very best a tangible financial gift the greatest gift we've given all year long and I was wondering Lord what do I declare over the people today and I've never had such a good board in my life one of our board members Ashley Teredes from Teredes Ministries in Colorado Springs he texted me yesterday and he said this pastor this is in a text we just sent our gift for Thanksgiving offering. We're believing for a great day at all Calvary locations. Now watch what he says. Lift up your hands, church. May bondages break. May lives be healed. May relationships be restored. Prosperity in the house. May they hear the Spirit of God, nothing missing and nothing lacking. I declare over you, church, 
that we come out with nothing missing and nothing lacking. In Jesus' name, restoration more than before, if not in quantity, then in quality. I declare it now in Jesus' name. And now as a family, we're going to lead the way. We've prayed. Love you. We have two boxes that say Thanksgiving offering, and today is the day that we say thank you, and we've asked you to join us. It's above and beyond this is saying, Jesus, thank you. We put our attention on you, and we appreciate, and we trust you, and we give what's first. If you've not prepared your giving, would you do it now? But those of you that have heard my heart, I know you've come ready. And if you're online, I want you to go to calvarychurch.cc, click that give button now. We're all going to give together every location. We're trusting God as we move forward. Kim, I want you to speak over every person that's giving today in this Thanksgiving offering. Would you speak over them now? Father, we come to you as a grateful people with grateful, thankful hearts. You've poured so much into us this year. And Lord, we take this opportunity to pour back out what you've poured in. We thank you. I just speak blessing over Say every that again. person that's giving today. I pray, God, that you would just meet every single yeah. day above and beyond overflowing. I thank you there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. In Jesus' name, multiply every gift that's given and pour out your blessings. Amen. Amen. Everybody say amen. amen. I want you, church, to stand with me. I want you to lift up your hands, hold them up high, and together I want us to say thank you, Jesus. Come on, lift up those hands, lower, pour up your tears, say it, come on.